Hello, be beautiful. Welcome to It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, and I'm a recovering people pleaser here to guide you on your journey. And so the timing of this episode comes after another unfortunate school shooting. And I don't like to get into world events, but after another tragedy, you might be thinking, what can I do? Or maybe there's another change you want to see happen or something that you're passionate about and want to make a difference, but you just don't know where to start. Well, for today's episode, we are joined by an expert change maker. Terry Broussard Williams is a lobbyist, author of Find Your Fire, and the founder of the Movement Maker Collective. Terry is on a mission to inspire others to create change. And in this episode, you'll learn how you can turn moments into movements, how to keep going when you're not sure if what you're doing matters, and how to balance it all with the great me set. And so if you've had a small voice inside of you telling you to step up and start a movement or create a change, this is your sign to do so. Terry, thank you so much for being on the BU podcast today. Um, will you just let us know a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yes, thank you so much for letting me just be me or be you as you would say and spending time with you. I am Terry Broussart Williams and I wear many hats. I am an an author, a tech lobbyist, as well as someone that's encouraging people to just start to change that they see in their communities and create social movements for good. Awesome. I love that. And where did this kind of motivation come from to help people create these changes? Where did that start for you? I tell everyone that it's in my, my DNA. Um, growing up, I was just blessed to watch my grandparents on both my mother and father's side do good in the world. I was also blessed to watch my parents continue that, that legacy and that dedication to community. Um, so I, one story that comes to mind immediately is in the 70s, my my mother's parents um, were in Lafayette, Louisiana, African-American family, very meager means, but had a car. And they would watch a lot of families without cars travel to mass every week. In -hmm. Louisiana, it is hot. We have hurricanes. (laughs) We have all the elements, but snow. Yeah. And they wanted to make sure that families had a closer walk, that they didn't have to travel six or seven miles. So they, along with some friends, decided to build a church in their neighborhood called Truman Mm -hmm. and resurrected what is now Our Lady Queen of Peace. And then in about 2010, the church completely burned down. And once again, you know, this, this generation of church builders were required to start a movement to build that church again, materials, you know, fundraising, um, finding a location to have mass in the summer. And my parents at that point raised their hand and said, if not us, then who? We will mm. be the next generation of fire starters. And they led um, the capital campaign to, to rebuild the church. And just three months after the doors opened, we we actually had again a blessing and we buried my father in that church. So it's mm. this reminder that, you know, the movements that we create, the good that we put in the world isn't always for the people that we know. It's for the people that we, we will never know or never meet. And so every time I return to my home church in Lafayette, um, you know, I see a little brick with my father's name. And I, I think about the babies that are now going to that church and 
and he is embodying that that legacy of community service and building a social movement for good that was started by my mother's family. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that is such just like a beautiful story. And like you had such great examples of people who wanted to make a difference and made something happen, not only for themselves, but for their community. And like you said, like it's leaving a legacy and that that's just like so amazing that you were able to witness that and be a part of that. Um, And you mentioned Firestarter and I love that that's kind of like your movement. So tell us a little bit about like, what does it mean to be a Firestarter? Yeah, so I I have a a platform called Movement Maker Collective, and it's dedicated to change agents, movement makers, and fire starters that do want to do good in the world. And I say a fire starter is a person that sees things that others ignore, but they take that very first step and they take action to actually create it and to you know be a catalyst for change in their communities. And and so I just want to make sure that they have the tools, the tips, the stories, and the inspiration that they need to take that first step. Because so many times we, we have an idea, but we don't know how to execute it. Or we have you know, a passion, but we are afraid to take action. Or we wanna begin, but we don't know how. And so if we just show them a person who's done something similar, a worksheet that might help them get organized, or a structure that will allow them to create a path, then we can help those change agents, movement makers, and fire starters do their work in the world. Yeah, I love that. And so do you think that anybody can be a fire starter or change maker? I do. Um, I, I used to have this sign behind me. You can see me, but your, your listeners can't. <laughs> I, I have one sign that says, I believe that leaders turn moments in, into movements. But mm-hmm. I, I also believe that anyone can be a leader, right? We don't need a pedigree to create change. Right. My, my grandparents were sharecroppers, a cafeteria manager, a cafeteria janitor, and they created this, this great movement in my hometown. But, yeah. but also many people are told that you have to, you know, come from a, a particular um, age bracket or a financial bracket, and we don't have to do that to create change. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say that we're leaders, you know, I don't, I don't mean that we might always be the person holding the baton and leading the band. There's a different way that we can lead in every stage in life and in every stage of a movement. Sometimes we might be supporting a movement and we might, you know, show up at a rally at a state capitol and hold a sign. Other times we might amplify a movement and we might tell others about a movement and that they can be a part of that change. We might amplify it by donating. We might amplify it by posting it on our social media. We might amplify it by wearing a rubber bracelet, right? Or being part of an ice bucket challenge. But other times we might be called to to have a heavier lift and to create that movement. Um, And so no matter our stage in life, no matter the time or financial resources we have, there is always a position for us to be a part of a movement and and a leader in that movement. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because, and I love that you say that like leaders, like it doesn't have to be the person like that's like in the front, like doing everything, but just like the small things. I mean, everything counts and, you know, builds off something. And I think just, I mean, being brave enough to do like the small things, even if it is just like wearing a bracelet or something that's showing that you care about something and it's making a difference. So I love when just like small things really add up and build upon it. 
So I, when you talked about, um, you know, like your grandparents with the church and like that you were kind of a part of that, but like, what is like, what's another thing that you've really like led and started? Oh my gosh. I have just had a lot of incredible opportunities. You know, I, as a very young lobbyist um, and as a, on a team of just female lobbyists, I was a part of a movement that passed a law in the state of Louisiana that made all the restaurants smoke-free. And it was during a time where the tobacco industry really, really had a lot of power. They still have a lot of power, but things were definitely different in the late 1990s and early 2000s. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that a lot of people took us seriously. You know, we were under the age of 30. We all definitely wore pink. And I probably carried a glitter ink pen then because I I still do it now. And yes. um, (laughs) And you know, we, we hustled, we worked hard and we didn't give up. And so it's so easy for me to say that that was like one of the greatest movements, but to be incredibly frank, you know, I, I wrote a book in 2020 and again, it was tools, tips, and stories and strategies to give people the tools they needed to create social change in the world. And for me at the time, I truly just wanted to get out these thoughts. Um, I had a lot of thoughts. I worked at the same organization for 16 years with the American Heart Association, an organization that I still love today. I didn't want to be Terry from the Heart Association. I wanted to be Terry, this change maker who had ideas on her own and wanted to share those ideas with others so they could do good. Mm -hmm. And so I thought the product was the book for me, right? Yeah. What I now know, having updated that book by a hundred pages and really still empowering people is the movement wouldn't really be through me or for me Mm. or about me. It would be putting that idea in the universe and helping others manifest their ideas. I got an email from this young woman, Alexandria French, and Mm -hmm. She just emailed me this very long email and she said, you know, I am a PhD student and I'm studying at John Hopkins and I wrote a paper about your book. And my professor told me to pick another book and rewrite my paper because your book was not an academic, an academic book. Mm -hmm. Hashtag facts. These are facts. (laughs) But her email changed my life. I was at this place where I was just tired and going through a career change and did not have the energy and drive to continue writing blog articles, doing interviews, figuring out like, can I do all these things and still honor myself and do this work a hundred percent. And she goes into the email and says, I'm quitting. I'm no longer going to focus on my PhD I'm going to start a nonprofit that will help people heal from traumas through dance. And it's called the dancing people. And also it's tied to this metaphor. Like if once you start dancing and you're no longer like a warrior, but you're dancing, like you find joy, it's just this beautiful story. And so she did that. And now she has an international nonprofit and a board and um, the gift that she gave me was not just that story, but was sharing these pictures of find your fire where she was giving it to other women to read when they got stuck or they needed to find a way yeah. and they've been highlighting the book and oh, wow. writing in the margins. And so she's um, gifted me those pictures and they remind me of my why, yeah. and why I'm doing this work. And so now one of those women 
is getting coached by Alexandria to start her own nonprofit. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. (laughs) Yes. Like, I mean, that just, that's such a great example of showing how, like when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, how much it can have a ripple effect. Like I am so big on ripple effects because it's just like, if you just impact one person and then they go and impact one person and then they impact one person, like the world is just going to be a better place. So that is just like amazing. Like that's one of those stories that like gives you chills, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, um, so we are, we're now, we're now buddies. We talk, you know, no less than once a month. And I, um, I am inspired every time I talk to her, I learned something new about her life and how she views the world. And so again, it goes back to that lesson. I, I mentioned from my father's passing, the movements that we create, they're, they're never for ourselves or the people that we know they're they're for the people that we might never know or meet. I will probably never meet this young woman who she's helping. Right. Right. But we have gotten to that space where now, you know, she is the next generation of fire starters. Yeah. I love it. And so I'm kind of curious, like, I appreciate you being so like honest of saying like, you know, you're, you're at this point of like, why am I doing all this? Like, do I need to keep doing all this? And then like, you get this email and it's just like such a good reminder of like why everything's happening. But I guess kind of before that, or have there been other times, like what, like what really keeps you going? Like, you know, yeah. I think you know, I'm in this where I, I still help people start movements for social good, but I think there's this ancillary message or this, the second pillar of work that I have to honor. And I call it the great me set. You know, we have mm-hmm. learned between 2019 and 2022 that the world is undergoing this great reset. People are quitting jobs that they don't like. People are standing up for themselves. The world is also holding itself more accountable for being a better, like, world and, you know, embracing humanity and that as if, if the world had a personality, right. Yeah. Um, and characteristics like humanity would be like top of the list right now, but so in doing that work, I really had to reflect on my why. And so my journey of finding what I call the great me set, mm-hmm. um, was me pausing and learning to breathe, to take a moment for myself to really visualizing what is it that I want to do? How do I want to do it? Attracting the people to help me and transforming to do that work. And that structure and that journey is good for us. But we will always, we will always have that opportunity to have a me set. And it's because the way that we have been structured for so long is to be always driven, to always have an answer, to never be tired and to never fully admit everything going on in our our lives and to never show up as a whole person, right? We have been trained that even cavemen didn't really operate (laughs) in that that way. They didn't use all their words, right? For a reason, it was them protecting themselves. And, And so if we really embrace all of those things, we have to realize that life will never be easy. We will never 100% of the time have it easy in our careers. There will always be a moment where we might question the why. That does not mean that you question yourself or your integrity or your purpose. Mm-hmm. You might question the why. That is an opportunity to refine your why or to double down on it. That's the universe saying, hey, is it truly in alignment to the way that you're living right now? Yeah. Or you might get another moment where it might fall apart 
And that might be, you know, for some people to force you to rethink your strategy, to force you to really think how you are operating and how are you showing up in the world. And so for me, you know, I think I was coming at this juncture point where I was saying, I do want to have a career. I do want to be a change agent. I want to disrupt as a tech lobbyist to help, you know, create social justice opportunities um, within the world that we live in. But I also want to be a thought leader in my own right and have a blog and write a book. But I also want to have a life and I want to hang out with my friends and rest and have fun and throw my dog a bone and play fetch or whatever. You can't do all those things at once at the same level and intensity. Mm. You have to decide how you're showing up. And so for me, when I was at that point, it was the universe, you know, again, gifting me and allowing me to recalibrate and to get more in alignment. And so I think Alexandria's email to me was a reminder of the level of importance that this work had it was fuel for my soul. You, once you find your fire, you have to fuel your soul. Right. Yeah. And so it was just that reminder that I needed the very long answer to explain, <laughs> but I think it, um, it gives you this, this insight on this journey that I've really been on for the last year. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's so much to that, but you know, I want to talk about your book a little bit more. Cause I think that will kind of lead into another, other parts as well. So tell us about find your fire. Like what is this book and like, what can people expect from it? Sure. It is so much fun. If you, you know, wanted to pick up a book and have like a coffee chat or conversation with people that are just badasses, fire starters and do great things in the world, that would be what finds your fire is. You open it and it's a party of fun, but real stories, real advice, real strategies about how to create change in the world. And so I turned to some incredible change agents, movement makers and fire starters that either I knew personally and watched them do great things in the world or heard about them from others and Mm -hmm. asked them, how did you create this movement? You know, what really is your movement? What is the structure you use to create your movement? when did you fail? Everyone fails. The movement is ever easy peasy. Um, how did you turn it around and what, what were the successes that you, you found? Um, and so they walk us through that. They walk us through, but more importantly, the how so that you can replicate it. Um, if it's something that speaks to you. And of course I tell my own struggles along the way and in the back, are worksheets that help you create that movement for social change. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wrote Find Your Fire in, in 2020, but so much happened between when I started in 2019 and you know the great reset of the world in 2020. And as yeah. I shared, I had my own me set and began to see the way that I did my work differently. So I recently expanded the book by a hundred pages, talked to some fire starters that did some incredible things during the pandemic, are the are racial uprising yeah. and um, tell their stories, but also end with a little taste of the great me set and some worksheets to help you just have a more balanced life so that we are not burning out as we are starting fires in the world. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I love like 
books when they actually have like worksheets or something like in them. Cause I think so many times it's like, we read a book and then it's just like, all right, great book. Like we read it, but it's just like, what are you actually going to do with it? And it sounds like, yeah, like this book is like, actually like you're going to take action after this and be able to have, um, the tools necessary. And so tell me a little bit more, cause you mentioned, um, that it kind of falls under this movement maker collective. And, um, so I guess like, is this kind of like a membership that you have or is it working with you? Like, what does yes. that look like? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So movement maker collective is a platform. Um, it started off as just a blog, like me just talking <laughs> and talking about the things that I was seeing in the world, but you know, so many people, people have taught me lessons along the way, Alexandra being one of them. When she told me her story, I immediately said, I would love for you to be a contributor. You know, the way that you see the world and the lessons that you learn, you should share them. Would you like to tell your story on Movement Maker? Yeah. And the same is true for many others. And so I'm now giving others the opportunity to use it as a platform to tell their how, their why, and their what, um, and how they're creating you know, change for social good. And so um, I welcome any of your listeners to reach out to me, tribe at terrybwilliams.com. And that will allow them to reach me. And we could talk about how they can be a contributor on the, the blog or my podcast. I'm also inviting people to host podcast episodes that will give me the space to begin to do research and really dig deeper within me as I begin to explore my own journey in the great me said and begin to build structures and tools and formulas to help others again not not burn out while they are starting fires for social good in the world yeah oh I love that and so like with the great me said I really I just love that by the way like what are kind of like the steps with this great me set? Oh my gosh. Yes. So all the things, all, and of course, all this is at terrybwilliams.com. Yeah. Um, there right now, there is a hidden page. You have to be really special to get access to the me set page. I will give it to you so you can put it in your show notes. Yes. But, and I give a little teaser of the process and the concept. And so I've been doing a lot of just work, um, you know, I, I tell a little bit of the story and find your fire in the updated edition, but, you know, I was on a hamster wheel, just focusing on going and crushing goals and pleasing everyone. I was everything to everyone. And I wasn't quite sure what I was to myself. Yeah. And then I had this crazy freak accident. I had a major concussion, which caused me to just sit on a sofa for three months and not do anything. Wow. Couldn't use a phone, couldn't use a laptop, just had to let my brain rest. And I still have a lot of um, effects of it today. Mm-hmm. But during that time, it was the first time in my life since I was 16 where I wasn't hustling and it was just still. Yeah. And I realized that. I became more creative. I became invigorated and I could see the work that I was doing much clearer. And it was because I created this lane to open myself to possibilities, not just narrowing myself to a task list of what had to be done and expectations of projects, others in the world. And I began to just embrace breath work. Mm-hmm. And um, began creating mindful marks. And I can show you since you can see me, but this yeah. little mark, it's a temporary tattoo. We call it that, but a mindful mark, which allowed me to mark the steps of my journey. 
And mm -hmm. so I began a collaboration with Lumenkind um, to couple the work that I was doing with the, the great me set with something tangible to hold myself accountable. Yeah. So the me set is truly a methodology, but there are also tools that you can use to help yourself. So the methodology is pretty simple. You know, you, you first have to just really take a moment to pause and mm -hmm. clear your mind and create space to really um, just relax, you know? Yeah. And I say, if we are not recovering and renewing, then we can't realign our life with purpose. And so breathing is important. That's the first step. Then the second step is really visualizing. What is it that you want to do? It might be a movement that you want to create, mm -hmm. or it might be an intention of spending more time and being more present with your family. Or for me, many times, it's just, I want to visualize, like, what is it that I'm supposed to do? How can I, you know, be of greater service? Yeah. And putting that thought out there. And then once you visualize it, you have to attract the things around you. Sometimes it's a vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is simply a vibe, having that text message chain of your friends that are hyping you up. Other times it's going to be, you know, really attracting the knowledge that you need, reading books or having conversations or attracting helpers in the world to help you begin that vision. And then the last step is transforming. You actually have to do the work, but you have to hold yourself accountable to who you want to be and how you want to show up. Because if yeah. that's not in alignment with your attention and your life's mission, it's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I've also created the Lumenkind mindful marks based off of the me set. And so for me today, I am wearing a tract because I am focused on really attracting the energy and the helpers and the knowledge I need um, to begin a whole new phase of, of writing and thinking and developing. Yeah. And so with each phase of that, I switch out the mindful marks. And so when I see it throughout the day, I just mm -hmm. simply touch it and remind myself of my purpose and where I am right now. And it's just a way to really hold myself accountable, but remind yeah. myself to get off that hamster wheel to be present. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So you've got like the great me set methodology and you've got find your fire and the movement maker collective. Is there anything else that you have going on or that is coming out that you want to kind of let people know about? I am, I truly want people just to join me on this journey and consider being a contributor. Um, yeah. You know, when many voices come together and sing from the same hymn, I mean, it's like a beautiful chorus, right? So yeah. I just want to invite them to join me to be part of this community and change the world together. I'm like, let's be fire starters together. Yes, I love it. And then I always like to kind of ask of like, how has being yourself impacted your success in your life? Oh my gosh. That is such a, a really big question for me. I am, I'm an extreme introvert, but at the same time, um, I would like to think that I'm what I call sparkly smart. I, I like that. You know, I'm <laughs> going to show up with my pink fuzzy pin and I, um, I'm going to wear pink on Wednesdays to the Capitol. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to talk in, you know, very animated, sentences, but I, I will never exaggerate policy or facts. Right. And so for so long as a young lobbyist, I was trying to be in a box, like be more masculine and, mm -hmm. 
you know, be more strict in my, my word choices. Um, and I truly do have a masculine energy to me. I definitely negotiate in that manner and hold people accountable in that manner. But I did learn the more that I was just myself and did not stop myself from using as ifs, likes, and whatevers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I went to high school in the night in the nineties, a child of clueless, yes. but, you know, um, I, people knew I was sincere. They knew that was just part of my sparkly smart ways and doors open for me that I, I never imagined that they would. And I will not be everyone's cup of tea, but at least they know I'm authentic and consistent. And, and that lends itself to be, um, in the lobbying space and the movement making space that really gives you earned trust. And that mm-hmm. is worth more than any political contribution or any, any victory. Um, yeah. You know, trust is really the currency that you need to change the world. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And like that you were able to do that by being authentic and being true to who you are. Cause I think a lot of people, especially when it gets into lobbying and being into politics, like you think you have to show up as someone else or, you know, fit a certain mold, but the fact that you've been able to be who you are and have been able to make changes, I think is just so wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. And thank you for creating a space for people just to talk about who they are and just, you know, cut loose on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, for being you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. It's just so, I think it's just so important. I think so many times people, we just, as you said earlier, like we're people pleasers and we're supposed to act a certain way or, you know, show up a certain way. But no, I think that the more that we're truly authentic and live into who we're supposed to be, like that's when life actually happens. And change happens. So is there any message that you want to leave with people today? No, I just, I want people to know that, you know, I do believe that leaders turn moments into movements and each of us are leaders that can create social change for good. And we can do that by just being ourselves and showing up in a way that's authentic and together, um, we truly can change the world. We are the humans that are needed right now and the energy that is needed. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. I mean, what you're doing is so needed and thank you for being you. And you mentioned your website earlier, Terry B. Williams, and I'm definitely gonna put that in the show notes. Is there, do you like to be on social media? Where can people connect with you? Yes. So Terry B. Williams, Twitter, website, Instagram, but also movement maker collective on Instagram. A lot of times we do fun things like giveaways and, um, you know, sometimes we, we gift our community and we announce it through Instagram, um, like drop-ins to do breath work. And so, you know, we really want to create a space that um, reflects not only our thoughts, but reflects practicing what we preach. Yeah. And I definitely want to invite everyone to sign up for my newsletter. And you could do that at terrybewilliams.com. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to put all of this in the show notes. I can't wait for my audience to just connect with you and join this movement and to see what, um, what impact and like what movements they're going to start. So yeah, I hope everyone listening just, you know, connects with us to let us know like what they're going to do next after this. So Terry, thank you so much for just being here and being you and sharing all of your wisdom and starting this movement. Thank you. After that conversation, I hope that you're fired up to become a fire starter. 
For more guidance on starting your movement, be sure to purchase Find Your Fire and join the Movement Maker Collective. I know that Terry would love to see you there. And I can't wait to see where your journey takes you and what impact you are going to leave on this world. And with this podcast, I'm creating a movement of people stepping into the person that they were meant to be. So if you enjoyed this episode, please screenshot it and share it and tag me on Instagram at beautifulchick to help me spread my message and help more people put themselves first and be their best selves. It's time to create change. It's time to be a fire starter. It's time to be you. 